Welcome back to Podcast Recovery, everyone. We're your hosts, David O. And Eric V. Today we're joined by our special guest, Chrissy. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine, thank you. Um, you mean, like, when, you know, when people ask, how are you doing? I'm wondering if you mean, you know, if you're being courteous, how are you doing? Or you mean, how are you doing, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, where are you from, Chrissy? Yeah. I'm from Nigeria. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, and uh, how long have you been in recovery? You know, honestly, it's a little hard to say. I, I, I would say officially for me. Um, I, I think the journey started in 2016, but I think for me, officially, and, and you know, consciously making the effort and, and knowing it's a priority, that would be about four five months ago. Maybe. Okay. All right. Well, with all that out of the way, to share your story with us, so take it away. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I don't think it's a super spectacular story. I'm sure anyone, I'm sure lots of people my age or older, or younger, you know, it's difficult it's, it's go to school, meet people learn new things good and bad <laughs> I, I think I got into the habit of drinking when I went to when, when I first not when I first went to university but then after a while being in the university and of course back then it was just for fun like it is for most people uh, but then I left school the series of events in school and I had to graduate one year late long story but I, I left school and then of course got into the job market at some point, my first real job, the first real job I got was radio. So I worked for a radio station in Abuja, which is the capital of Nigeria. Uh-huh. And it was, it was great. It was fine. I mean, up until, up until that point, there was no, you know, it, there were no issues as far as that was concerned. So I, I had to move jobs, not literally move jobs, but then I had to do something new. It was still broadcasting, but then it was different. It was talk radio. That, that was something relatively new. It wasn't something that was very popular at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I moved to Lagos, which is a commercial capital. <laughs> yes. sort of changed. It was different lifestyle, different environment, different requirements, um, more pressure at work. It was fun, but then it was also... It was almost like a black hole. It felt like it was talking you in your whole life. It centered around it. So, yes. For me, at some point, I think drinking became a way to cope with the extra, extra workload or extra emotional or whatever it is, mental pressure from work. Uh-huh. Uh, also, because I didn't, I wasn't, you know, it, it, I lived in Lagos sometime in the past, but then I wasn't very familiar with the town and it's totally different walking from Abuja. Very busy, very lots of traffic. It's not the kind of town where you where you just wake up and say you want to you know, let me go pay, pay someone to visit on the mainland, so I'll be back to the island. Doesn't really work like that. So um so yeah, it was part of my compassion. I I realized just talking about recently that um I, I think it sort of I sort of made it a reward 
for work. So I would work, 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 and then reward myself with a drink. It seems mm-hmm. like, it, you know, it seems harmless. It seems, it didn't seem so bad. <laughs> um, and then I had to go back because I, I wasn't very, I knew I didn't want to work in Lagos. Lagos was way too fast for me. I mean, I loved the town. I grew up there, but wanted to go back to Abuja. So I eventually went back to Abuja on the same job because um, we had to start a new station in Abuja. For some reason, uh, this it had sort of this had sort of migrated with me, you know. The habit had migrated with me. Of course, um, in the midst of all of this random moving, suddenly and changing location, you know, I had all of these emotional and mental issues <laughs> I was dealing with. Apparently, I was becoming depressed, um, and the alcohol seemed to be. In the short term, at least, it seems to be a solution. And then usually it's hard to find the tipping point. So you just, you don't find out until you're on the other side. But uh, yes, so where, did, where was I? I, I? I went back to Abuja. This was two years after I went, I'd been in Lagos. But the, sometime around 2013, 2012, 2000, 2013, I was back in Abuja and back to work. Again, like I said, <laughs> my, my whole life, was centered around work. I lived within the premises. All I did was, you know, all the only times we went out was usually just the, you know, go shopping or wasn't, yeah. Um, and then I realized at that point, at some point, that I was barely keeping up. <laughs> like I was, at first it was okay because you, when it first started, it wasn't a problem because I would still wake up in the morning. I mean, I'd been working all day, uh, probably you know, drank myself to sleep the night before. I had to be up at about 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. And it was still doable. It, it didn't feel it, it didn't feel like it was taking you too, to be honest. So, yeah, sometimes you wake up and you're a little tired and you know you should be a little more light because you just slept. But, yeah, it didn't seem like too much. It wasn't in my face. But by the time I got back to work in Abuja and then the elections were coming towards 2000, the elections were in 2015, so... Sometime in 2014-ish, work gets very intense. <laughs> so for me, that was just extra drama. I did not need, for some for some reason, I, you know, it's not sustainable. It gets to that uh-huh. point where it diminishes. So, yeah, so at some point, I had to leave work. Um, came back home, 2016. Uh, my, my family thought it wise to take me to the rehab. Yeah, of course, I was kicking and screaming. I felt like I was happy. I happily went anywhere with anybody. I, I thought it was a little joke. Thinking about it now, I think I think it was fair. I think it was sensible. Mm. So, yeah. Um, so, that was 2000. But because of the, because of the way I, I, I found myself in that situation in rehab, uh, because I was, you know, I, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, I didn't have a choice in matter. It was, you know, um, I was, of course, rebellious towards it. The general attitude was rebellious. Um, so I didn't, I, of course I knew it was the sensible thing to do. But I didn't feel very invested in it, if that makes any sense. I know it sounds a little stupid, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, but then, from uh, 
time, sometime towards the end of last year, I realized as I was noticing new or rather old patterns. I was like, okay, why why does this place mean so familiar? I'm like, no. So I got to start to notice that your certain relationships, you know, it's not sustainable. And so I got to the point where I said, you know what, look, <laughs> let's do this again. Let's try this again. So yeah, I mean, the change, this is just me. Recovery for me is really just me taking responsibility for my life or trying to really at the end of the day. You know, the, the cycle is not, is not sustainable. Yeah. It's not. And it's a waste of good time. Yeah. So long and short, that's it. That's it. It's of course it's a brief version of you know the series of events. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's going to be something. Yeah. All right. Well, we definitely have some questions yeah. for you. So, how did alcohol overall like affect your overall mental health? Well, first of all, this. Yeah, at first it seems like it. It seems like the opposite of depression. Um, you know, you're up and up, you're hyper, you're you know, you think you're gleeful and happy, and but yeah, you, you get like I said, it's it's like a curve. <laughs> you get to the point where you really, honestly, just come back down and into the negative. So yeah, I was pretty depressed um, been during my antidepressant. So I'm fine. I don't feel as depressed as I was in 2016. In 2016, now that I think about it, I was clearly not. I was clearly not in a very happy place. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um. So, what have you found to work positively to, um really help your recovery? Well, I, I think the first thing is um, changing. For one thing, I'm more consistent with, you know, my, my exercise routine. It's not like super intense, but it's been very consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. All right. Um, so what are some of the uh, challenges you faced in finding the right kind of uh, care or support systems for your recovery? Because, like in in America, we have we have lots of different support systems, and I just don't know uh, like what level of support mm-hmm. systems you you guys have there. So, like, what sort of things do you have in place, and have you found to really uh, help you? Um, further further your your recovery. Okay, so for like you guys, you people have like Alcoholics Anonymous and all of those yeah. very specific um, support groups. We don't have as much of that here, at least not that I am aware of. Um, yeah. And even back in 2016, when I went to the facility, I was taken aback that, you know, we had people, we had everything from schizophrenics and and, you know, bipolar clients, you know, to, to people, I just felt like it was very, it was muddled up with different uh-huh. people with different problems, but receiving 
very similar. I mean, at least apart from their medication, perhaps, you know, just receiving the same general care. So I, I'm not sure if that's how it's supposed to work, but yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but, but talking about the last few months, what I can say is I'm grateful for the, I'm grateful for the general support that, so for instance, I, I would say that a couple of months ago, I went, uh, I was at the bar somewhere here in Joseph. This was sometime last year. And I ran, apparently I'd run into a doctor. Now he's not a psychiatrist himself. But then he belongs to the medical union, and he took my number. And all he wanted to say to me was, "Are you sure you don't? Are you sure you don't need some help?" So you get that kind of informal support generally. It's something about being Nigerian. Um, mm-hmm. But also because I stayed in touch with the doctors from the facility, um, mm-hmm. it was very easy for me. I, I could get that again. It was a little informal between 2016. And now was very informal. Just say how are you doing? What's going on? Need to talk to someone? It wasn't anything. It wasn't anything structured or intense or paid for. But then I realized, mm-hmm. look, if you're going to do this, just do it. And since it didn't seem to be getting better, uh, I turned to a super thrill about about that. Mm. Started off seeing. I started off seeing them. Once a week. Now I see them uh-huh. once every other week. So, yeah, so far so good to be honest. It's just, I think it's just nice to have somebody who holds you accountable to yourself. If that makes any sense. Yeah. yeah somebody yeah. who just reminds you that this is a commitment you've made and this is, a, this is something you're paying for. So get the most of it, you know? Yeah. And yeah, they've been, they've been great so far. It helps. Mm-hmm. Good. That's all. Awesome. All right. Um, hmm. What else could I ask? Um, had you noticed, are there any, like... What happened to David? What? What happened to David? This is David. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was Eric. Okay. Okay. What? I'm with you. You're good. Um, so, um, hmm. Are are there any like social stigmas that uh like in your country around uh alcoholism or mental health that are not necessarily like accurate? Like do people have um do people not like fully understand like what like the the, the process of recovery? Yeah. 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 Yes, of course. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not even talking about serious stigma, like, you know, workplace stigma. I'm talking just, just community. And yeah. it, it's like, it's always like that. Bipolar, schizophrenic. Nobody understands any of that. <laughs> okay, let me not say nobody understands any of that. Of course, mm-hmm. more educated, more enlightened, more educated, I think, exposed um, um, portion of Nigerians. Understand. I think that even within that group, tons of people don't truly, because for me, that was the first time I came up close and personal with this, you know, person who was diagnosed with schizophrenia or a person who was bipolar. I, I had never really one-on-one witnessed or experienced that. 
So I'm the minority because it's not cheap to, you know, rehab is not something that's affordable for people, everybody who needs it here. Yeah. Yes, of course, Absolutely. a lot of people don't understand these things and it's very, sometimes very quick to attribute things to everything to the spiritual. So you can imagine how that goes. Or sometimes, mm-hmm. so sometimes they'll say the person is retarded or the person is possessed yeah. or the person, it, it could be anything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, of course it's hard. And then with alcohol, it's even, <laughs> with alcohol, it gets interesting. Now, yeah. alcohol is, um, because it's legal. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, hmm. Have you used spirituality at all in your recovery? And how have you used it to uh, help you in any way? Uh, well, I think I think the whole idea of faith helps. It means mm-hmm. you're already that's you stepping on a positive note. Uh, but, but spirituality, though, it's very interesting that while we were it's a, we call it the center. While we're at the center, the facility. Mm-hmm. Um, so some people talked about being taken to malams or being taken to certain, you know, other, you know, traditional religions and stuff. Also believe that, mm-hmm. you know, if a person has issues with that, they have their way of dealing with it. <laughs> so, you know, people talk about spirituality. I don't know if I am qualified to talk about other people's experiences with with that but i will say for me it works to just always start out on that positive note of knowing that you know all of this will make meaning and that it's not something designed to kill you i think that that basically in a nutshell it works for me (laughs) awesome perfect yeah um have you gotten to have because with with a lot of recovery it's very uh, fellowship based. So like you really get to rely on other people and kind of recover together. So have you been able to, uh, like work with any like groups of people or fellowships? And have you like been able to like share in your recovery with other people or have you been predominantly like doing it alone? Okay, so my my first thoughts when I was leaving the center in 2016 was, uh-huh. you know, at that at that point, I I I was somewhat emotionally invested in the place and the people I had met. Um, so I I'd asked. They said, "Oh no, we have these meetings. Um, I think monthly meetings or something, but it's very supervised. Very, it's a very, you know, it's the way they described it to me seemed like a very close setting, very much like being." you know, at the center again. I was like, no, thank you. Um, But what I did do was, what I did do was I stayed in touch with all of the people from that time. So um, Eric knows I have a podcast, a pet project I I, I put up some time ago on Anchor. Um, Mm -hmm. First bits of that, first bits of the series is talking about that time and talking about 2016 and talking to one or two of the people from then uh, talking to the doctors and stuff, and then I move on to other things. But that, I'm saying that's how invested for me. That I think my own way of staying in touch and having a small community, because I'm I'm in touch with, I I guess almost ten of them. Maybe uh-huh. we don't talk very frequently, but then um, 
we share our experiences. We we talk to each other when we just need someone to talk to or somebody who will understand. So yeah, with, I, I guess in a sense, we, so we have that. Um, of course, I, with, with some people more than others, but I'm, I'm uh, fine with that. That you know, I'm 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 fine with that. All right. Um. All right. I kind of have a, a a fun question for you. Uh, okay. I, I ask every all all of our international speakers this just because I'm I'm curious. So, what is something uh, funny or weird that you find about Americans? About America, I think. Hmm. I've never really thought about it, but you know, there, there's plenty of little random moments that are funny. But to really think mm-hmm. about it, what's that one thing? I, I think America is just proof that that um, the concept of freedom is limitless and it's not an easy thing to resolve. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, and that's why there will always be conflict. As far as you, as far as you can imagine, freedom is as far as it goes for the next person, and it's their choice. So that's at some point it becomes a little tricky. Mm-hmm. America is proof of that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, uh, I got a couple more questions for you. Um, uh, what are your what is what what's like your ultimate goal in recovery? At least like right now. Like I know Eric's a a, a, a big uh, supporter of like a five year plan. So like what five what sort plan. of yeah. So what sort of goals do you have in recovery that you want to achieve? And um, basically, and what's where's where's like the finish? Sorry, I didn't get that last piece. Where is or? I didn't get that very last bit. It was breaking up. Can you hear me? Hello? Yes, I can Hello? hear you. Hello? Okay. I can I'm hear just you saying, now. Uh, what, what direction are you aiming in your recovery and what goals would you like to achieve? Well, for starters, every time, and I was very, I, you know, something very embarrassing happened the other day on Twitter, but every time I see people in recovery or people who have, you know, probably beaten recovery, they, oh, this is, this is my 30th year sober. (laughs) In my mind, I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm like, okay, my goal for recovery is to not have to think about it. I, I want to get to the point where it's not so much of a problem that I actually have to think about it. And celebrate the fact that I spent 30 years without drinking. I don't know if that makes any sense. Because yeah. that mean, that would mean that it's not a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just, right. just to go back to default settings, I, I guess. <laughs> when it wasn't a problem. Yeah. No, yeah. I totally understand. Um, yeah. And... Puppy. Oh. <laughs> All right. My... Uh, Last question I have for you mm-hmm. is, uh, what are, uh, what are some obstacles? What, what are like some of the biggest obstacles that you've, uh, overtaken and, uh, conquered in recovery to, to be where you are today? 
Uh, I would say the biggest one is just listening to my rational self to stop um, to stop justifying things I know should not be justified. It's just winning over myself. So I think that was I think that was the beginning of of anything changing. You know, like yeah. I said at the start, I, I'm I'm not one to say, uh, oh, I'm there, or you know, I've been a hundred. But then I see small yeah. things every day that tell me that okay, something is something good is changing or something good is happening. Um, so yeah, I, I think for me the biggest thing was getting to the point where it wasn't I'm doing this because you know someone else or some you know because of some influence. No, I'm doing this because I've, I've reasoned it out with myself, and if I'm being honest with myself, I need to do this. You know that I think that was for me the biggest thing because. It, it, I'm I'm the kind of person who can, who will at least attempt to justify. <laughs> to justify, I will make a good attempt. Um, yeah. But yeah, I had to come to that point. Maybe it's part of growing up. I, I had I had to come to woke up one morning, or it was one evening. I, actually, I'd been drinking, and something happened. I don't even remember what it was now. Um, mm. And I realized, look, this this won't work. This it won't work. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's too All much right. to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I understand. Um and actually I I one more question popped up into my head, so this will be my last question. How how important is gratitude and, and being and keeping a mindset of being grateful for your recovery? How important of that is that mindset moving forward? But isn't that a part of faith? Mm-hmm. That for every little for every little success you celebrate in your mind or you know celebrate somehow that for me it starts in the morning really <laughs> I yep. wake up like I, I said this I said this to my friend last time I was like wake up in the morning and birds chirping actually sounds nice it sounds like something is happening it's a new day and you, you know you can feel that I think that's part of spirituality so um, yeah what was the question again. So I'm clear. I'm sure I was going somewhere. Uh, how important is gratitude in your mind moving oh, forward yeah. in recovery? So it starts with being grateful, like every single day, um, uh-huh. waking up and having that, that positive mindset that, again, all of this is just a, it's just a, a small part of a long journey that's going to be interesting and it's going to end well because you believe that that's what it's supposed to be. That's how it's supposed to be. Um, so yes, you you wake up feeling like you can do this. <laughs> it's it's a good start. Yeah. It doesn't work every single day, but it works most days. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. and, that, and and just getting off on the right foot is all, all, often uh, half the battle. Yeah, and you know sometimes you know how we how well I don't know about you, but me sometimes I need an excuse to to knock myself out. I need an excuse to you know, go back to binging. But uh, I, I just realized that it was me ro- also running away from responsibility. So a small example. Well, yesterday we were, um, you know, morning chores. It was Saturday. So, and I just realized, you know, it was very, very dark, low spirit around. Everybody had it, it like cloud hanging over their heads. And I we're not doing this. I consciously say to myself, we're not doing this. So it becomes my responsibility to sort whatever it is around. 
so that I can be comfortable, so that I don't have an excuse or don't have a reason to put myself in a state of mind that doesn't help me in any way, you know? So it's all the little things. Yeah. And that you were asking about spirituality. I think that's part of it. You have to be sensitive to the things around you, to the energy around you, to, you know? If it's something yeah. you can fix, you fix. If it's something you can't fix and you can run, you run. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think that's all the questions we got for you. So we'd like to thank you for joining us today. Thank you. for. Absolutely. That was nice talking Um, to you, too. Absolutely. And Eric, are you able to do the sign-off for us? Uh, Sure. Whoa, we're a little hot there. Um, Sure. Yeah, so... uh, you know, here at Podcast Recovery, we are fully self-supporting. So we need your help to, you know, keep us creating new and engaging content for you all to, um, you know, to help uh, supplement parts of your recovery. And what, um, so there's a few different options. You can join the home group, which is our Patreon page, which you can find in the description below, as well as throwing a few bucks into the digital basket through our Venmo and PayPal accounts. Um, you can also find us on YouTube, on Facebook, on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, find our podcast anywhere that you can get our podcast and find our show. Thanks for sharing on YouTube. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, back to you, David. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. And uh, most importantly, everybody out there, stay safe and stay clean.